Hi, PASS members. Welcome to the PASS Weekly Update Podcast. My name is Kim. I'm a community pharmacist working in Saskatoon, and often I find myself wishing that my emails would read themselves. Unfortunately, no one is planning to read my emails to me, but I'm going to read your emails to you. For today's self-care, I'm going to wander happily around a greenhouse and stare at the plants with great longing. I recommend you do something similar. Maybe you sit beside all your house plants, or if you have some seedlings started in the house, or maybe you just close your eyes and listen to birdsong recordings and pretend that you're in a wooded glen. Be amongst nature. All of these options are good. However, I don't want you to fall asleep. We do have a goal to achieve here, and that is to read the past weekly update from April 23rd, 2021. I'm pulling up my email here for us, and it looks pretty big this time, so let's scroll through and find the highlights. Of course, we're keenly interested in updates to the COVID-19 immunization program in community pharmacies, so we'll go through that. There's some information that's going to affect the pilot stores, so we'll go through that as well. I see there's a fundraiser for the PharmD class of 2022. They are selling some swag and a bunch of info about vaccines, so let's dig into it. First things first, I've pulled up the COVID-19 Immunization in Saskatchewan Pharmacies PDF by PASS, and we're going to scroll through and find the highlighted stuff. That's updates from April 23rd, 2021. Regarding documentation requirements, MedSask will be offering a webinar in the very near future on the usage of the form and guide to all pharmacies participating in the program. Pilot stores were already invited to a pilot-only webinar last week. If they were not able to register but they want access to the recorded version, they can email danielle.laroque at usask.ca. There's new information on reporting for healthcare workers. It will be required to record and report on the administration of COVID-19 immunizations to categorized healthcare workers in the Vaccine Risk Factor Portal. There's a user guide for the Vaccine Risk Factor Portal. They're using an acronym VRFP, and there's a link to that guide here. And it says pharmacists must report using categories as set out by Sask Health Authority. Categories are included in a MedSask document, and there's a link to that here as well. We're getting some more information about the daily vaccine inventory tracking system. It is required to report on the number of COVID vaccine doses received and administered on a daily basis to a central repository called the Vaccine Distribution Tracking System, VDTS. Managers must provide the DPEBB a list of staff members that will need to access the VDTS. Details can be found in bulletin number 760, and there's a link for that here. As well, there's a user guide for the vaccine distribution tracking system and a template of what the system will look like. Users will also receive emails and a text message from eHealth for the authentication process to access the VDTS and training materials. We're getting some updates about the program start date. It says the Pfizer vaccine pilot will begin on April 29th. All participating stores have been contacted. Pfizer vaccine shipments will increase week over week to Pfizer stores across the province. The Moderna vaccine pilot portion of the community pharmacy program has been delayed due to vaccine shipment delays. Calls to pharmacies for participation in the Moderna portion of the pilot may resume on the week of April 26 if vaccine shipment is on schedule. Stores that were not a part of the Pfizer pilot will likely get their first stock shipments the week of May 3rd. All pharmacies participating in the program will be contacted at least one week in advance of each shipment. Ooh, 
now there's a list of the participating pharmacies. It says pharmacies participating in the pilot phases as well as the larger provincial immunization program will appear on the Government of Sask website here and there's a link. You can also access this list on the DPEBB website. I went ahead and loaded up the list of pilot pharmacies. It's got a breakdown of the communities and a little note that says week one begins April 29th, 2021. More pharmacies will be added in the weeks to follow. There are pilot stores in Regina, Emerald Park, Moose Jaw, Yorkton, Estevan, Fort Quapel, Humboldt, Davidson, Indian Head, Melville, Pilot Butte, Southie, Stoughton, and Watrous. I have been wondering, so it's nice to finally have a list. I didn't think there was any pilots in Saskatoon, but I wasn't actually sure until now. It makes sense because Sask Health is doing a pretty banging job in Saskatoon. They've got the mass immunization clinics, two of them, as well as the drive-through. Okay, we've got some more updates in this COVID-19 What We Know. There's new information regarding clinically vulnerable populations. It has not yet been confirmed if community pharmacy immunizers are eligible to administer COVID-19 vaccine to clinically vulnerable populations. PASS will provide more information related to eligibility as soon as more info becomes available. Regarding pregnant women, it has not yet been confirmed if community pharmacy immunizers are eligible to administer COVID vaccine to pregnant women. PASS will provide more information as it becomes available. New immunizing priority groups. It has not yet been confirmed if community pharmacy immunizers are eligible to administer vaccines to priority groups or essential workers other than grocery pharmacy facility staff as defined by the Government of SASC phase sequencing. Priority groups of any age may receive their vaccinations once the province reaches the 40-year-old age sequence. Teachers, first responders, dentists, chiropractors, and others to be determined have been identified as priority groups. Pharmacies have been advised to follow booking in alignment with current SHA age sequencing. Current means eligibility at time of booking, not at time of appointment, in order to ensure that patients in the higher age groups are not missing their opportunity for vaccine. Appointments made for any patients or groups in advance of their sequence being active must be cancelled and rescheduled the day of eligibility. I've been noticing on the past Facebook page a lot of questions specifically about teachers. Regarding healthcare workers, community pharmacy immunizers may administer vaccine to healthcare workers as defined by the Government of SASC phase sequencing. PASS has requested a complete list of healthcare workers as defined by Government of SASC and will share details once they are received. Healthcare worker status must be documented and submitted using Vaccine Risk Factor Portal. And then again, they link the user guide for the Vaccine Risk Factor Portal and the categories as they are outlined by Sask Health Authority. Regarding grocery store pharmacy facility staff, the government announced April 12, 21, pharmacies can offer vaccines to pharmacy and grocery staff working in the facility where vaccines are offered. Pharmacies will require proof of employment in the facility where the vaccine is being delivered. Any staff working in a facility where vaccine delivery is occurring will be eligible to receive the COVID-19 vaccine in that facility. PASS is requesting information on what proof of employment is required and how can it be validated. There's new information about what to do with remaining doses at the end of the day. The drug plan is creating a work standard document that will guide you on how to manage, deciding who should receive the remaining or extra doses of vaccine near the end of your workday to prevent wastage. The document will be available in the near future, although it's not quite ready yet. 
I've seen questions circulating on the past Facebook page about that as well. So I know we'll all be keenly interested to find out more uh, once it's actually put into a work standard that we can follow step by step. That concludes our list of updates from this document, and I'm going to take us back into our email. I see in the email they went ahead and, and made a note of this, so it must be something that passes getting a lot of questions about. Maybe I will reiterate it just to make sure that it's quite clear. Please note, pharmacies have been advised to follow booking in alignment with current SHA age sequencing. Current means eligibility at time of booking, not at time of appointment, in order to ensure that patients in the higher age groups are not missing their opportunity for vaccines. Appointments made for any patients or groups, for example teachers, in advance of their sequence being active must be cancelled and rescheduled the day that they are eligible to book. I'm hearing through the grapevine that there is a lot of confusion surrounding that and I think a lot of miscommunication with the SASC Teachers Federation because they're not actually eligible quite yet to do the booking. Some of them are having success, I think, because the information is confusing to the pharmacies. So if the pharmacies are confused and the teachers are confused, it really becomes a situation of the blind leading the blind. And I'm hearing that a lot of teachers have been able to book appointments while other teachers are being turned away. So make sure you know what you're doing so that you don't violate the contract with the drug plan. There's a link here from the Public Health Agency of Canada called Info Bulletin on VITT for Healthcare Providers. It's loading. You guys might know this already, but I just learned that this acronym has changed. So this is the same as what we were previously calling VIPIT, Vaccine-Induced Prothrombotic Immune Thrombocytopenia. VIT is the new, easier-to-use acronym, but it is synonymous with VIPIT and VIT stands for vaccine-induced immune thrombotic thrombocytopenia. I personally find VIPIT more fun to say, but VIT has one less letter, so that's our new thing. Okay, this info bulletin from Public Health Agency of Canada has loaded, and it is dated Tuesday, April 13th, 2021, called Update on Vaccine-Induced Immune Thrombotic Thrombocytopenia, or VIT. There have been a number of developments globally in recent weeks on the AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine, including concerns related to VIT. VIT is a rare adverse event characterized by serious blood clots, including cerebral venous sinus thrombosis associated with thrombocytopenia. Numerous countries have reported cases of VIT following post-licensure use of the AstraZeneca vaccine. The exact mechanism by which the vaccine may trigger VIT is still under investigation. Several federal and provincial public health organizations in Canada have developed statements on the AstraZeneca vaccine and VIT. There are English and French links to the statements from Health Canada, National Advisory Committee on Immunization, Council of Chief Medical Officers of Health, Provincial Partners from Ontario Science and Government of Quebec. There is some information that says COVID-19 webinars. Live and recorded webinar events and presentations are available on the National Collaborating Centre for Infectious Diseases webpage and linked on Canada.ca, including webinars on the foundations of vaccine systems in Canada, product-specific webinars for vaccines authorized in Canada, monthly emerging issue webinar, and there's a link here called COVID-19 Vaccination Toolkit for Healthcare Providers. Let's click on that. Oh, we've seen this before. It's uh, it's kind of almost like a PowerPoint. I guess it's a PDF, but they're just like square-shaped 
slides, I will call them for lack of a better word, and chock full of information about vaccines and vaccine safety, different resources you can access. Uh, We've been seeing this for months, so I won't go into details on that one today. I recently watched a webinar about VIT on the National Collaborating Center for Infectious Diseases webpage. I must have got this from a past weekly update. However I became aware of it, I had just watched it one morning while I was getting ready for work and it literally took half an hour and it really enlightened me a lot about what exactly VIT is because I was kind of confused by it before. Like I understood theoretically it had to do with blood clots but I didn't really understand what was happening. The speaker was very good, it seemed like this was definitely not her first rodeo explaining things to an audience. She seemed to have a real knack for spelling it out for people. So. Her name is Dr. Manaka Pai, and the webinar is entitled Public Health Agency of Canada, COVID-19 Vaccines Emerging Issues, Vaccine-Induced Immune Thrombotic Thrombocytopenia. The speaker for this webinar, Dr. Manaka Pai, she is an Associate Professor of Medicine at McMaster University, as well as a Hematologist Thrombosis Medicine Physician at Hamilton Health Sciences. Definitely recommend that webinar if VIT is something you are curious about or finding that you don't fully understand. Not that anybody fully understands it, but Dr. Pai knows some stuff. I've gone back into our past weekly update email. We'll pull up our Sask Health Authority stakeholder update. This past week, additional healthcare workers were announced to be eligible for vaccination. For the Saskatchewan Health Authority, SASC's largest employer, that means that two-thirds of our organization has now had the opportunity to get immunized. The remaining employees, approximately 7,700, are in positions that are not involved in frontline patient care, so they will become eligible as their age does. Reflecting on the issue of blood clots, the fact is that you have a greater chance of getting a blood clot from flying on an airplane than you do from AstraZeneca, by a sizable margin. If we don't take every chance we have to be immunized and end this pandemic, none of us will have an opportunity to get on a plane and take that risk anytime soon. I remember saying those exact words last week. It's a quote from Dr. Julie Stacku, hematologist, oncologist, and medical director for the SAS Cancer Agency and COVID-19 Vaccination of Vulnerable Populations group. There's a full page here, article called Frontline Immunizers Need to be Celebrated. The beef of the article is that uh, quite a bit of immunizers have been complaining about verbal abuse from patients that are coming through their vaccination clinics. That's really disappointing to hear. Definitely with this article, they are preaching to the choir. We, I'm sure, are all in support of frontline immunizers, especially being that many of us are about to become frontline immunizers. The next article in here is called Challenges in Regina's ICUs and the Sask Health Authority's Response. This article starts with a quote from Sask Health Authority's Executive Director of Provincial Programs, Tertiary Care, Lori Garchinsky, and she says, You have no idea what it feels like to walk into an ICU when every single person is there for the same reason. When you walk into a unit and the time and energy and workload that those staff have caring for the same disease over and over again. We really wanted to get the message out of being safe that we are doing all the things that we need to from a public health side. ICU admissions are a lagging indicator. It means those infections have happened 10 to 14 days ago. Today we need people to be changing their behaviors, doing what public health is supporting so that we don't want to be running into these problems in the long run. Sounds like there was a press conference done by Lori Garchinsky, as well as Dr. Jeffrey Betcher, Regina Area Lead for Department of Critical Care. 
In the press conference, they answered media questions about field hospitals, severity of illness related to COVID, and how that has shifted in the ICU with variants of concern, the current wave and the past year is having on staff, how critical care is working as a provincial team to manage the latest surge, and they urged the public to change their behavior and stop the spread. Dr. Jeffrey Betcher is quoted as saying, None of us have gone through anything like this before. This is real. It is here regardless of what you see on social media. It is putting a strain on healthcare. It's putting a strain on those that are working in healthcare. I am particularly concerned for nursing staff and respiratory therapists and how stretched they are and whether what we are doing now is going to be sustainable. How much we are seeing can now be prevented. It's a little bit of a messy sentence, but I think we all know that it's difficult to speak off the cuff and you can really get the understanding of what he means there. Please note that at the greenhouse, I am physically distanced from all of the humans that I see and a lot of the stuff is outside. So it's an open air environment. Everybody's wearing a mask. I'm not touching my face and I have very limited outings. So this is not one trip on a long list of stops I'm making. This is like a very special and rare outing so that I don't go insane in my house. But of course, it's best to stay home as much as possible. This is an interesting article. It's entitled, What Makes a Death a COVID-19 Death? It's a statistic that no one wants to be reporting on, but it's the reality of the life we are now living in a global pandemic. Every day, the government of Sask reports on the status of COVID-19 in the province, the number of vaccines distributed, the number of new cases and their geographical locations, the number of COVID-19 patients in our hospitals, and any Saskatchewan residents that tested positive for COVID-19 and died. But who and what determines whether or not COVID-19 was the cause of someone's death? In all Canadian provinces, it's required that a medical certificate of death is completed when someone dies. This certificate is standardized in accordance with the World Health Organization guidelines. In Saskatchewan, medical certificates of death are completed by a physician, nurse practitioner, or coroner. COVID-19 deaths are then determined in consultation with the medical health officer. The province considers a death to be a COVID-19 death when the most responsible physician overseeing the care of the COVID-19 positive patient determines, in his or her clinical opinion, that the death is the result of a clinically compatible illness unless there's a clear alternative cause of death such as trauma, explains Dr. Susan Shaw, Saskatchewan Health Authority Chief Medical Officer. At its essence, we determine whether the person would have been alive had it not been for contracting COVID, and if the reason they have died is due to that fact, the cause of death would be listed as COVID-19, adds Dr. Kevin Wasco, Sask Health Authority Physician and Executive for Integrated Rural Health. COVID-19 death reporting is done under urgent timelines to keep Sask residents informed on the status of COVID deaths. Deaths from COVID-19 are therefore reported as soon as possible. We have lost so many to this virus. This is why it is so important to follow the public health orders, wear your mask, stay two meters apart, wash your hands, and get the first available COVID vaccine when it's offered to you. These are all simple things that everyone can do that literally saves lives, Dr. Wasco said. We have got our human interest stories. If you guys are looking to read some of those, it's called Faces of the Fight. There's a spotlight on a registered nurse, an addiction counselor, and a paramedic. So feel free to check those out if you so desire. I won't read them during the podcast because we have a lot of other information to get through. But if you're interested in those, this is where you can find them. It is the Sask Health Authority Stakeholder Update dated April 22nd of 2021. (laughs) 
The next link in our past weekly update is called Sask Health Authority COVID-19 Immunization Report. This is an updated version of the infographic that we first saw last week. It tells us who has been immunized, where the immunizations are taking place. So far, no listings for pharmacies, but that makes sense with our timeline. How vaccines are being booked, which brands of vaccine are being administered, and then a couple of links to different news articles. I think they're targeted to patients. They're about vaccines, who gets vaccines, how, where, when, questions and answers about different vaccines, what clinics are available. Check that out if you have a desire to learn some numbers. I'm going back into our past weekly update email. There's a little note from PASS. It says, members, if you are participating in the pilot and have a chance to capture your initial COVID-19 vaccination moments, we'd appreciate you sending us any photos we can use to promote pharmacy expanding access to this critical initiative. Please email them to info at skpharmacists.ca. Now we have a PASS email called Urgent Pfizer Pharmacy Pilot Announcement. I believe this came to us in an email all of its own, but I will read it to you in case you have not yet had a chance. It says, Hello, past members. Today, the Ministry of Health announced the beginning of the pharmacy vaccination Pfizer pilot and intends on posting the pilot pharmacies in their communities tomorrow afternoon. We are quickly adapting and communicating with you as we know that there will be a public demand and questions. The ministry communications are trying to balance the announcement with the reality of limited supply. We are trying to support all of our members with additional key messages to help manage communications with patients, particularly in these early days. It is important to note that we are anticipating the vaccine supply to increase week over week and believe that all registered pharmacies will be receiving their first supply over the next two to three weeks. More communications will be coming from the ministry and pass as we move through this. As you know, there will be high demand for vaccines, and there is interest by all to be able to book appointments as soon as possible, as early as tomorrow if possible. A follow-up communication will be going out to all pilot pharmacies from the ministry, indicating this and encouraging appointments to be made as soon as possible. Pilot pharmacies are being asked to alert the ministry if they will be booking appointments ahead of Monday. As more pharmacies come on board with providing vaccinations, the same expectation will apply. We've attached some key messages that you can use as you see fit for any questions that may be coming your way. We have also pulled out the relevant section of the news release that went out today for information below. Note the reference to Monday for appointments being trumped by the above information. Pharmacy Vaccination Pilot Project Select pharmacies in 14 SAS communities will start to receive vaccine on April 29th as part of a pilot program to offer COVID vaccinations. Booking for vaccination appointments may be offered as early as Monday, April 26th. Up to 63 pharmacies will participate in a small-scale rollout to refine distribution and vaccination processes. Staff working in pharmacies and stores housing pharmacies that are participating in vaccinations are eligible for vaccination. Additional pharmacies in more communities will be added as larger volumes of vaccine become available in the coming weeks. Residents are asked to be patient as booking for appointments will vary by pharmacy, so please watch for local notifications. A list of participating pharmacies will be available on the Government of Sask website once pharmacies are ready to accept bookings. There's a news release linked here from April 22nd, Government of Saskatchewan news release. We will continue to communicate as quickly as we can and support you through this transition into a full rollout of vaccinations in pharmacies. Please be patient as we are all moving very quickly through this process. Thank you from PASS. I'm going to go back up and click on this key messages that were linked here. If you are a pilot pharmacy, these key messages are for you to deliver to the public. 
We have received or will receive a small supply of Pfizer vaccines as part of an initial pilot. Those doses will need to be provided within a few days after we receive them. As a result, it is likely we will not have those doses for long in our pharmacy, but we do expect more as more vaccine doses become available throughout May. Competing priorities for utilizing the doses will make it difficult initially to provide more than 100 to 150 doses in the first few days of the pilot. If we miss you on this initial round, please be patient. We will be providing more as the supply is sent to us. We have significant demand for these first doses and will not be able to meet everyone's needs, but we are expecting more doses to be available in the next few weeks. We have to provide the doses under the same age categories and priority populations as the larger public health system. We cannot vary from that except for essential workers co-located within our pharmacy. Please be patient as we get up and running throughout this early stage. We will be getting more vaccine doses in the coming weeks as more supply is available through May and June. We are doing the best we can to balance the need to vaccinate essential workers and pharmacy teams with need to offer vaccinations to the public. Both are critical to our business. They also have some key messages for non-pilot pharmacies to use when speaking with the public. We are not part of the current vaccination pilot in pharmacies, but we plan on providing vaccinations as soon as the pilot is complete and vaccines are sent to us. We do expect to receive doses sometime in May. Currently, we are not certain of what type of vaccine will be provided to us or when. We will likely know a week in advance as the supply arrives in Saskatchewan. Please be patient. We are working hard to get up and running, but have to work within the larger system and vaccination supply. Pharmacies must work within the same age categories and priority populations as the larger public health system. We will not vary from that. We hope to be able to communicate to our community as soon as possible when we have a supply of vaccines ready to be offered. Those are all very diplomatic. I've circled back to our past weekly update and there's a note here saying that past membership renewals are not yet available. I believe we just got an email this past week from SCPP that we can start renewing our stuff through them. So that's probably why past felt obligated to say that right now. Ooh, I've been looking forward to these links. So this is a section in the email titled Opioid Stewardship. And I'm clicking on the first link. It's called Your Questions Answered, Buprenorphine Naloxone for Opioid Use Disorder. Oh, this looks familiar. Where have I seen this before? Well, it's certainly ringing some bells for me, but perhaps I will read through it anyways. Seeking help for your opioid dependence is a wise and important step in the road to recovery. That first sentence kind of bothers me. I don't know. It feels like uh, paternalistic. I'm, I'm probably reading too much into that. Anyways, it goes on. There are people who can help you to develop goals and who can support you along the way. Talk to your healthcare provider about your support options. Buprenorphine naloxone contains an opioid to treat opioid use disorder. Unlike most opioids, buprenorphine naloxone lasts a long time in your body to help prevent cravings and feelings of withdrawal. Once you've taken this medication for a while, you should feel more energetic and clear-headed. This will let you focus on things like work, school, and family. This would be a handout that you give to patients, and it has quite a bit of information on it. There are five headings. There's one that's entitled Changes? question mark, And it talks about how they will feel after taking their first dose of buprenorphine naloxone. 
The next heading is called continue question mark and it says usually long-term treatment is most effective. The third heading is proper use question mark. It talks about how to use the pills, about witness and carry schedules a little bit, and about not mixing it with other sedating substances. The next heading is monitor question mark. Talks about monitoring for side effects and discussing them with your healthcare provider right away, particularly if they're alarming. And the next heading there is follow up question mark. Talks about the need for follow up and possibly urine drug screening throughout treatment. Has an infographic here that talks about storing your medicine in a secure place, not sharing your medicine. It talks a little bit about take home naloxone kits. And then there's a little section for people to write down questions or notes. And it says to access this handout, visit www.opioidstewardship.ca. I suspect that the methadone handout will be very similar. I'm just going to load it up here. Uh, yep, yeah, very similar. The main difference here, it says methadone is an opioid used to treat opioid use disorder. Unlike most opioids, methadone lasts a long time in your body to help prevent cravings and feelings of withdrawal. Once you've taken this medication for a while, you should feel more energetic and clear-headed. This will let you focus on things like work, school, and family. So it doesn't really talk about the differences, but that would be a place for the prescriber or the pharmacy if the patient is weighing their options and trying to determine what's going to be most appropriate for their use. I'm back in the past weekly update email, and there is a note here from Green Shield Canada. It says, update on dispensing fee and markups in Saskatchewan. It's dated April 2021, and it says, Green Shield continuously reviews our pharmacy reimbursement structures to ensure they remain appropriate, fair, and relevant based on a number of factors, including the level of reimbursement from provincial government payers. On March 1st, 21, the Drug Plan and Extended Benefits Branch of SASC Ministry of Health increased the max dispensing fee from 1160 to 1185. In recognition of this provincial government change, Green Shield Canada has also updated and increased our dispensing fee reimbursement level to 1185 effective March 1st, 21. As a reminder, in addition to the dispensing fees, Green Shield reimburses pharmacies by means of markups based on the cost of the medication. These markups are calculated either using the SASC formulary price or the manufacturer's listing price multiplied by the quantity dispensed. The markups allowed are based on the following bands. Cost of medication, $0 to $6.30, 30% markup. $6.31 to $15.80, it's a 15% markup. And if they're over $15.81, it's a 10% markup. All right, that's the tea from Green Shield Canada. I'm back in our email, and this next thing has piqued my interest. It's entitled Farm D Class of 2022 Fundraiser. The Farm D Class of 2022 is excited to announce a swag sale. They have partnered with Rad Girl Creations to offer some awesome health science swag, including enamel pins, lanyards, keychains, decals, charms, and more. Please use this unique link to check out the items as only the purchases made through this link count towards their fundraiser. The sale will run until May 8th and items are shipped right to your address. So of course, in this email, we've got our unique link that we can click on. There's something really cute first thing that popped up. It's a little charm and it's got the Starbucks mermaid on it. And she's got her arms like as if she's flexing her biceps and she's wearing a mask and she kind of looks like she's wearing a scrub top as well. In her crown, she has a biohazard symbol. She's tough and she's fueled by Starbucks caffeine. I can only assume probably in the form of a chai latte because those are extremely delicious. And I just feel like I can really relate to this 
Anyways, I'll come back and do my shopping in a bit, but buy some cute swag and support this class of students. I'm back in our email and it says, in the news, virtual meeting between frontline pharmacists, Prime Minister Trudeau and Deputy Prime Minister Freeland. So when I click on that link, it has taken me to Twitter watch live Prime Minister Justin Trudeau joined by Deputy PM of Canada Christina Freeland virtually meets with frontline pharmacists to discuss the ongoing vaccination effort in the fight against COVID-19. And I can see that there's a video here. It is one hour, three minutes, and seven seconds long. Feel free to check that out if you want to. Next article in the news, we've got COVID-19 Sask Teaching Federation calls for Saskatoon schools to go online, pharmacists to give out vaccine. The link takes me to the Saskatoon Star Phoenix website. The teachers union is calling on three divisions to switch to the fourth stage of Sask school plan on Monday. Sask teachers union wants Saskatoon schools to switch to online learning, arguing the perilous rise of COVID-19 variants in the city presents an unnecessary risk. We don't have to wait for more schools to be impacted, Saskatchewan Teachers Federation President Patrick Mays said in a release. A move to remote learning is one measure we can take to help protect people's lives. The STF is calling on three divisions, Greater Saskatoon Catholic Schools, Saskatoon Public Schools, and Prairie Spirit School Division to switch to the fourth stage of SAS school plan on Monday, effectively meaning a full switch to online learning. All three divisions said any such decision will be made in consultation with the Sask Health Authority's medical health officers, adding that known infections in schools remain relatively low. As of Thursday, there were 21 known cases in Saskatoon Public Schools and 10 in Prairie Spirit Schools. A handful of schools do have more stringent restrictions in place because of either an outbreak or recently identified cases. The public division recently announced Nutana Collegiate would move to level 4 after identifying three cases of COVID-19 since Sunday, of which two were variants. Sask Health Authority will continue to monitor Saskatoon and area health data and if warranted the school division will move to level 4, spokeswoman Veronica Baker wrote in a statement. A weekly monitoring report says 135 children and youth in the Saskatoon area tested positive for COVID-19 between April 12th and 18th with a positivity rate of 7.9%. Health officials, including Saskatchewan's Chief Medical Health Officer Dr. Saqib Shahab, have warned of the growing prevalence of a COVID-19 variant in Saskatoon that could cause it to follow the path of Regina, where intensive care units are under unprecedented strain. Saskatchewan reported 254 new cases of COVID-19 and 299 recoveries on Thursday. There are 2,505 known active cases in the province. One more resident in their 50s in the south-central area has died, bringing the virus's death toll to 470 since March 2020. SAS teachers can look forward to soon being immunized, along with firefighters, police, corrections workers, and employees in spaces like dental clinics. Those groups are included among those that will become eligible for vaccination on April 28th when the province-wide age threshold for receiving vaccine will fall to everyone 40 and older. Pharmacists will join the effort through a pilot program that will distribute 10,000 doses of Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine to 63 pharmacies in 14 communities. The government release did not name those communities or pharmacies but said participating pharmacists will start delivering shots on April 29th and may be accepting bookings as early as Monday. PASS Executive Director Don Martin said in a previous interview that initial supplies at pharmacies will be limited given the vast demand for vaccine. She also said locations are likely to be near Regina, so the Pfizer vaccine, which is temperature sensitive, can be safely transported. We can only have in that first pilot communities involved that are within a certain radius of Regina, Martin said. 
Sask NDP leader Ryan Maley once again criticized Premier Scott Moe during question period for what he described as inadequate action to relieve pressure on beleaguered critical care staff, particularly in Regina. On Thursday, 177 people with COVID-19 were in hospital, including 48 receiving intensive care. Of those, 34 were in Regina. What's the plan for when doctors are put in the unfathomable position for having to decide who will live and who will die, Maley asked. Mo responded by describing the province's vaccination efforts and thanking essential workers who will soon be eligible for vaccination. I think if I were to show emotion to the people of the province, it would be one of appreciation, Mo said. Well, that takes us through that article. It's written by Zach Vessera on April 23rd, 2021. I'm back in our email and it says, Sask working through final details of COVID-19 vaccine rollout in pharmacies. This article is on CTV News and written by Pat McKay published on Wednesday, April 21st. It reads, Saskatoon residents in Saskatchewan will soon be able to get a COVID-19 vaccine at their local pharmacy, depending on vaccine supplies. Director of Professional Practice with PASS, Myla Bullock, says a pilot project is set to begin the week of April 26th, in which 60 pharmacies in 12 communities will administer the vaccine. There are limited supplies, so most pharmacies will be getting 150 doses, says Bullock. We are testing, so not every patient that wants a vaccine will have access to it during the test phase. Which pharmacies will be taking part is still being determined. We do want to make sure that our pharmacists are prepared and also the public has a go-to source for information so that they know where and how to access vaccines from their pharmacies. Depending on vaccine supply, Bullock says a province-wide rollout using almost all of the nearly 400 pharmacies in Saskatchewan could be expected in early May. It would follow the province's age sequencing process. We are asking patients to be patient with their pharmacy if they don't have all of the answers just yet, said Bullock. Production difficulties with the Moderna vaccine mean it will not be used in the testing phase, but any Health Canada-approved vaccine will be used in community pharmacies during the rollout. Associate Director with CPDPP, Danielle LaRocque, says they've trained almost every pharmacist in the province over the past six years and are fully prepared to help. We've been involved in the annual flu shot vaccination effort for six years now, so adding the COVID-19 vaccine is not outside of our scope or our wheelhouse. They are in the process of training 250 pharmacy students and pharmacy technicians to also provide the vaccine, she said. Bullock says the addition of pharmacists in the vaccine rollout could take pressure off Sask Health Authority when it comes to administration, especially in rural and remote areas or areas where there is an outbreak, she said. There might be other scenarios, though, where regionally there has been many clinics or patients who have received what they need, so I think it's going to be very different depending on the area. The initiative could put a big dent in the needs of Sask patients, Bullock says, with the expectation that some pharmacies could administer 50 to 80 vaccines per day depending on their staffing. Oh, we're already down to the webinars and education portion of our past weekly update. There is, on April 27th, scheduled to be a webinar from the College of Medicine and Sask Health Authority entitled Thromboembolic Complications of COVID-19 Vaccination. It's free to register, and the speaker is Dr. Julie Stackew. It says, learning objectives, define and identify the common thromboembolic complications associated with COVID vaccines. Summarize and explain the thromboembolic risks of COVID vaccines to those expressing concern about receiving COVID vaccination. Demonstrate an improved capacity to evaluate those with complications of vaccination and formulate an appropriate clinical management plan. That sounds really good. It says it's going to be from 5 to 5.45 p.m. And the target audience is for all healthcare workers. I'm going to register for that. Awesome. Also in our past weekly update, there is another webinar linked here from Canadian Healthcare Network, and it's called Understanding Novel Vaccine Technologies. This is due to take place on Wednesday, May 12th, 2021. 
There's a little blurb telling us what we can expect. In addition to existing methods of vaccination, new technologies are being employed to protect people against the viruses causing influenza and COVID-19 infections. To address patients' concerns and combat vaccine hesitancy, pharmacists must have a good understanding of these novel technologies. This CE webinar will review methods of immunization and discuss the differences between egg and cell-based production of influenza vaccines. Presenter Brett Barrett, who specializes in the management of infection, will provide the knowledge you need to reassure your patients about the safety and efficacy of these interventions. Upon participation, you will be better able to describe existing and novel approaches to vaccine science, including cell-based vaccine production and mRNA viral vector and protein-based immunizations. Explain the difference between egg and cell-based production of influenza vaccines. Define real-world evidence and outline its strength and limitations address patient concerns about the safety and efficacy of novel vaccines against influenza. So the vibe I'm getting from that write-up is that it's very much about influenza vaccines, but it does also talk about the novel vaccine technologies being used for COVID-19 immunizations, so I think there must be a lot of overlap there. It said that it's accredited for CEs, but I'm not finding any information about how many it's worth, so that part is a mystery. But if you are interested in learning more about novel vaccine technologies, this webinar is due to take place on Wednesday, May 12, 2021, and it says 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. All right, we have succeeded in our goal of reading the past weekly update from April 23rd, 2021. I have treated myself to a lavender oat milk latte at the little cafe in the greenhouse, and I know what you're thinking. This greenhouse is extremely cool. You're right, and that's why I gave them all of my money. I'm gonna go home and drink this delicious latte and gaze at this planter that I purchased that's covered in faces and they look really strange. There's one that I'm finding almost hypnotic. I keep looking at it. It reminds me a lot of both the original Barbie doll, but at the same time, it's giving me some serious Lord Voldemort vibes and I'm finding it very interesting to consider that juxtaposition and uh, anyways, that'll keep me busy for the rest of the day. And I'm not going to have any more outings for a long, long time. Bye! I'm going to have to edit a lot of swears out of this episode.